Hello, Inner Fire Nation. This is Brad Minus here to start the Inner Fire Podcast. Here to talk to you about everything endurance sports. Welcome to episode number one. Yes. Previously, I introduced episode 000. So go back and click back if you want to hear a little bit more about this podcast and the different formats that you'll be hearing going forward. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to start a fitness regimen, and we're going to use the Inner Fire Endurance origin story. I mean, who doesn't like a good origin story, right? I know I'm a geek, and I love Marvel, DC, all those superhero movies, and the greatest part about them sometimes is the origin story. How did the superhero become the superhero? Well, we're going to use the Inner Fire and origin story, or I guess actually it's mine, Coach Brad Minus. And my story on how I got started in endurance sports to help you start your fitness journey. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast is brought to you by my favorite bike shop, Outspoken Bicycles. Serving the community with the top cycling maintenance, fitting, and customer service professionals Outspoken is the bike shop for anyone from the occasional rider to the elite mountain road or triathlon athlete. Providing bikes and accessories from the top manufacturers like Giant, Felt, and Specialized, Outspoken Bicycles can fulfill all of your cycling needs. Outspoken Bicycles, here in South Tampa, Clearwater, Florida, or at www.outspoken.net. Again, that's www.outspoken.net. And now back to the show. Let's go back to when I was a child. How many of you out there were the kid that always got picked last? I'm talking dodgeball, football, sandlot, baseball, soccer, any of that stuff. You were out there and always got picked last. My hand is way high because that's how I was. Was never really an athlete no matter how much I wanted to be. My father put me through baseball and hockey and I just was never really good at anything. But I wanted to be. I always was a big fan of the Olympics. I was always a big fan of major league sports. And I just didn't have an athletic bone in my body, no matter how much I tried. I got to play soccer, and I played 12 seasons, and I enjoyed it, and I thought I was really good. But I thought I was really good because my dad was a coach, and he kept putting me in. It wasn't until later on that I realized I wouldn't have gotten half the playing time that I did because he was the coach. And I realized that in high school when I tried out for the soccer team. And I got to play junior varsity. I was the official bench warmer. And no matter how many times I got out there, I always flubbed and flailed. And I just, I didn't recognize at that age that I really just didn't have that kind of talent. Kept trying. I tried tennis. That didn't work. I actually did well, somewhat well in cross country. Never won a race, but always was able to score decent points. So that was my childhood. Uh, It wasn't until I got into the Army that I was focused on fitness. Oh, sure. When I went to college, you know, obviously all my friends and stuff were in the weight room and trying to be bigger and better and stronger. and, And I went with them, but it always ended up the same way. I would go and I would work out with them. My ego would get the best of me because usually I was fresh. And I would lift these weights and I would follow along. And the next day, couldn't zip my zipper. Swear to God. I mean, I almost had to ask somebody because my arms wouldn't move, my legs wouldn't move, my back was hurt. So what did that do? It formed an association with the gym. 
a pain association, not a pleasure association, which is what we're having problems with nowadays, where most people have that problem. They'll go to the gym, they start a fitness routine, they end up really sore, and they end up associating pain with the gym so they don't go back. Sure, after their soreness heals, they go back, but because they're not consistent, because they're not forming consistent neural pathways, they end up waiting again. And before you know it, they're just not working out. Some people are able to go through the pain and they they have a, a set schedule. Sometimes a personal trainer helps. But a lot of times people quit because they start something and they start making those bad associations with exercise. I got into the army and here is the probably the wrong way to make neural pathways is I was literally forced right into a fitness routine seven days a week. Now, don't get me wrong, after two weeks, the neural pathways were made and, and I was okay. But I mean, it was two weeks of utter pain, but I was forced. I had no choice. If I wanted to be in the military, I had to do my morning PT. What happened is I ended up injured. Yeah, I ended up with being on a knee profile where I actually couldn't do PT for a good two months. And I was on what they call a profile. And that's death socially in the military. When you're not working out with your, with your squad, with your platoon, then it's, you're not looked upon as being the best soldier you can be. So it was tough for me. And that injury ended up flaring up a few times. But I kept taking my Motrin, which is what they gave us, 800 milligrams, two tablets every six hours, which they state now is a bad thing. But I've never actually had a, had a problem with it. But I digress. After I got out of the Army, I started working a lot. I was in the IT realm. I was an IT management uh, consultant, um, basically doing project and program management. And I started working a lot of hours. Luckily, I ended up being drafted. Well, I guess not drafted. But I ended up being reactivated for Operation Iraqi and Enduring Freedom, which, of course, then went back into a forced PT program for a little while. And then I was in a desk job. I had a basically an eight-hour day. Had didn't have mandatory PT. So guess what? I didn't do it. I tried. I went to the gym. I did that, but I did the exact same thing. I'd go to the gym. I'd lift weights. I'd be sore and I'd make that association again. When I finally left the military the second time, I came right back into my old patterns. And I started being a workaholic. I would work 15, 16 hour days and no time for exercise. As things calmed down, I just happened to be walking around in Hyde Park Village here in Tampa, Florida. And I noticed a sign for a boot camp class. I started thinking about it and thinking about, all right, well, listen, I really want to get going, but I don't want to stop now. I want to, if I'm going to find a routine, something that I can do, I, I don't want to stop. How am I going to go about that? And I kept thinking about all the times that I started working out and how sore I was. And I kept thinking, all right, well, maybe if I join a class, then I'll get what I need. I'll have a social aspect of it, which is always nice. There's a group aspect, which was probably one of the things that I, I knew about myself that I would, I would thrive in. But it was only two days a week. I thought to myself, okay, if I only go two days a week, I might have a bit of soreness in between the two days. So it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. And Wednesday, I would be a little bit sore, especially the first couple of weeks. But then as I progressed, I wouldn't be sore anymore and make those neural pathways. So I went two days a week for about three weeks. On the fourth week, that Monday morning, my eyes popped open. 
I said, well, I don't have to go to work for a while. I'm going to go out for a run. And I ran about four miles. And it was slow, obviously. It was the first time since I'd been out of the military that I ran. I kept that. So now, all of a sudden, I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Running, so pure cardio. And then Tuesday, Thursday was a combination of cardio and resistance. And that was it. And I stayed that way. And I'm like, all right, this is how I'm going to do it. Just slowly building on. Then a friend told me about her punch and crunch class, which was boxing. And I had a little bit of training in martial arts. And I thought, oh, okay, well, this this might be fun. Another fun way of getting some more exercise. And that was going to be on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And I thought, okay, great. I'll do that Wednesdays and Saturdays. And now I'll be working out. Monday would be running. Tuesday's boot camp. Wednesday's punch and crunch. Thursday's boot camp. Saturday's punch and crunch. Okay, great. Now I'm working out five days a week. That's perfect. Well, then a friend of mine had stated that she was going to this hot yoga class on Sunday. And I thought, wow, what a great way to get a good stretch in and put everything together. So now I had cardio, resistance, core, and now a good long stretch. So while everything else was kind of that yang, which is type one, type two muscle, but that yoga would start getting at some of that myofascial release. So now I've got a nice balance. I was getting in really good shape and I dropped some weight and I started seeing some changes in my body, started eating better and everything was working out just great. Then a friend of mine, Scott, he was in my boot camp class. He had stated that he was going to run the Chicago Marathon and he was doing it for a, a charity called PKD Foundation, which is polycystic kidney disease. And he had a connection to it. His wife had polycystic kidney disease. And his mother-in-law actually had a kidney transplant. And that was working for her because of his wife and because his kids actually had a 50% chance of, of getting polycystic kidney disease, that he was a supporter of the Polycystic Kidney Disease Foundation. And he had asked a few of us if we wanted to train for a marathon. And this was probably in April and the marathon was in October. So I said, oh, okay, you know what? I did run one marathon while I was in the army and it was hell. And I said I would never, ever do it again. But all right, what the heck? It's for a good cause. And of course, there's the social aspect. So why not? So we started training. The first run we did was nine miles, which was a little bit fast to start with. But I survived and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And that was kind of my introduction back into endurance sports. Basically, at this time, it was just, you know, long distance running. So I went through a full schedule of running. In the middle of this, Scott had stated that he was active in triathlon. So he asked if I wanted to do one with him. And I was like, whoa, I haven't been around triathlon in a long time. And, you know, I liked it. But I, I don't know if I'm you know ready for that. He goes, oh, it's just the sprint. So for those of you that don't know about triathlon, a sprint triathlon is a 400-meter swim, a 10-mile bike, and a 5K run. It's 3.1 miles, So which is kind of short. So I thought, oh, well, wow, training for the triathlon and the running for the marathon, it'll be a nice way to kind of cross-train. So I'm getting swimming and biking and running, and I'll still keep up with my long runs, and this will be great. It'll, it'll give me something else to do. So I did my first triathlon, and I loved it. 
So this was my introduction. This happened in the summer, so it was like June or July that I did my first triathlon, and I did one more after that, and I enjoyed it, and kept on boosting my mileage for the marathon. Two weeks prior to the marathon, right? And Scott told me not to go, but I decided to go to boot camp. We were doing suicides, which is, you know, back and forth, back and forth. I turned, my foot stayed planted, and I herniated a disc, and I heard it pop, and it popped completely out of socket. It didn't hurt right away, but I knew something was wrong. But of course, the person in me that wanted to keep going didn't stop. And I thought, all right, as long as I keep it warm, that I shouldn't feel the pain just yet. And then I'll go to the chiropractor afterwards and we'll do that. So I got in, got out of the class and I took a shower and I was on my way to the chiropractor. As I was sitting there, I could feel my legs go numb. My back started to really hurt. It, it was really starting to be painful. And I got to the chiropractor she went ahead and tried to put it back into place and that didn't work out i ended up in the hospital with a ruptured disc uh alpha uh l4 l5s1 that was very scary for me i was really scared now two weeks is supposed to go by i'm supposed to be running a marathon 26.2 miles and here i am lying flat on a gurney in the hospital and uh going for an mri and now i'm on painkillers and muscle relaxers so over the next couple weeks i went in and had consults with neurosurgeon and orthopedic surgeon and they said you're too young to go through the procedure of fusing your spinal cord Um, and they refused to do that that surgery which was going to actually lay me up for a lot longer than than what i wanted to be and they said but we can do some pt but most likely you are not going to be able to run more than two miles for pretty much the rest of your life. That that back is so bad that you might be able to do a warm-up, a couple miles here and there, maybe an occasional 5K slow, but you're really going to have to watch it, at least for a while, and then go to P- do some PT, and then you'll be able to work out again, but you won't be able to do any of that hard impact type of activity. Well, and here I was supposed to do a marathon, which obviously at this point was not going to happen. But I had, you know, some inkling about this and I started doing some research and I started tracing my injury, you know, where is it and everything else. And I thought, well, wait, maybe I could learn to run a different way. Maybe I can learn to run to where I'm not putting as much impact on my back and I can continue to run. You know, obviously this is a long story and that's the reason why I'm doing this at a podcast anyway. But I did a lot of research in anatomy and physiology, basically the skeletal, muscular, and connective tissues. Talked to a lot of uh, chiropractors and, uh, and and licensed massage therapists, basically getting an idea of you know what could I do. And I stumbled upon a bunch of different running forms and realized that I was a heel striker. I was doing pretty much everything bad that could possibly happen to my body as a heel striker the impact would end in your heel, goes up through the legs, into the spine, into the cranium, out and can generally be vi- get vibrations all the way through your shoulders. So I was already doing that. I had a cadence that was very, that was very low. So I was, I was really taking a lot of impact. If I was able to switch that, and if I could keep the impact below the knee or just above the uh, just from above the knee down into the into the feet then maybe I could run without really hurting my back meanwhile I would work my core 
so that when the disc was slid back into place, it would stay in place. So I did just that. I have done, what, five Ironmans. I'm in the 18 or 19th 70.3, which is a half Ironman. Numerous Olympics, Olympic triathlons, sprint triathlons. I've done over 27 marathons in the 30s or 40s, a half marathons. And of course, 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks. I've done a lot of obstacle course racing and, you know, and a lot of century rides. And, you know, I've done all of those. And this is after Western medicine basically told me I would never run again. Through this process, I learned how to run, but I also learned how to teach it. And I started working with local running stores and started doing a couch to 5K type thing. And and I designed it myself, but I designed it in the same way that I started my fitness regimen, thinking about that association between pain and pleasure. To take it back just a little bit, when I started, if if we start thinking about the starting of a fitness regimen... When I started, I started two days a week and that was it. And I swore to God up and down for at least two to three weeks, I wasn't going to do more than those two days. What did that do for me? It provided me with two days. It provided me with anticipation and it provided me with a low level of soreness so that I would not make that association. Combine that with the social aspect of which I thrive in, that became pleasurable for me. So now I'm connecting fitness in the gym with an association of pleasure, the pleasure principle. Now by adding one more day and doing it for a couple of weeks and adding another day and doing that for a couple of weeks, slowly adding on, making different neural pathways, sure, was I sore? Yes, of course I was sore, but it wasn't nearly as bad as those days when I would go down to the gym after not touching a weight or anything, picking up the weight, being so fresh that I felt like this is easy, and then the next day not being able to do anything because I was just completely sore and every muscle in my body hurt. This other way of slowly adding on and then adding that pleasure principle has allowed me not only to continue a fitness regimen to this day from 2008, but also allow me to teach and get over a thousand runners to a 5k in eight weeks. And these are runners that never had run a day in their life. So and that's my target niche is runners that have never run before. Um, as far as that class goes, it's not in, it's not, not my coaching niche, but in that class, and I still run that class today. And I have trained well over a thousand runners and a good percentage of them, I'd probably say about 75% of them at least stayed with running. They might not go into anything above a 5K, but they stayed with running. The other 25% still did some sort of fitness routine. They moved into a different uh, a different realm of fitness. Um, they might be doing classes. They might be doing cycling. They might be doing swimming. They might be starting slacklining or yoga or anything else like that. But they stayed with a fitness regimen. And that's all because I had gotten them to associate fitness and working out with pleasure, not pain. What happens? Somebody decides that they want to start running. They go out and run. The next day, they're really, really sore. They, and they feel like they can't run. Or they go out and run and they run a quarter mile and realize that that it hurts. So now they're associating pain instead of starting very, very slow and methodical to where maybe the next day, maybe they're a little tight, but not sore, not pain. 
that tightness can be again associated with pleasure. It'd be associated with accomplishment, which is a pleasurable feeling. And that will keep people going and keep adding on a little by little by little by little to the point where now they cross the finish line and that's the ultimate pleasure. Finishing a course of eight weeks, becoming a 5K finisher for the first time in their lives is the ultimate pleasure. That's basically how I started in endurance sports. Now I'm able to take those teachings that I have received and I use that in my coaching and I have been pretty, pretty successful, you know, as far as um, getting people to their goals. And this is not a commercial for inner fire fitness coaching. This is just my origin story. So starting a fitness regimen or journey, as I like to call it, is important. You know, you already know that being active and working out is probably a key to a healthy life, right? We've heard it over and over again. But continuing that fitness regimen or journey is even more important. If you start associating working with pain, you're not going to continue. It's very hard. I mean, not saying that it won't happen, but it, but it makes it very difficult. But starting slow, methodical, will make sure that your workouts are not only pleasurable, but your recovery is too. If you liked this, if this is something that you absolutely connected with, Please leave a comment or, you know, send me an email at brad at innerfireendurance.com. Go ahead and check out the website at www.innerfireendurance.com. And I hope to be continuing this podcast and bring some really good content to you and all of our other endurance sports enthusiasts out there or any of you that just want to get started. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. My name is Brad Minus. I'm with Inner Fire Endurance Sports. Have a great day. This episode of the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast is brought to you by my favorite bike shop, Outspoken Bicycles, serving the community with the top cycling maintenance, fitting, and customer service professionals. Outspoken is the bike shop for anyone from the occasional rider to the elite mountain road or triathlon athlete, providing bikes and accessories from the top manufacturers like Giant, Felt, and Specialized. Outspoken Bicycles can fulfill all of your cycling needs. Outspoken Bicycles, here in South Tampa, Clearwater, Florida, or at www.outspoken.net. Again, that's www.outspoken.net.